Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director at APPA. We're joined today by Patricia Taylor, Senior Manager, Regulatory Policy and Business Programs at APPA, to discuss a new APPA report on hydrogen. Patricia, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. So, Patricia, kind of just to get things started, can you offer an overview of the report and what are what are the key findings of the report? Absolutely. So, this report covers the hydrogen market from both a national and global perspective. We talk about the different motivations for why there's this growing interest in hydrogen. We also cover the barriers for the market scale of hydrogen. Talk about how hydrogen can be used across various sectors, including the electric sector. And we thought it was important, too, to highlight actual projects that are being implemented by public power electric utilities. That would be important, before I get into the key findings, to just quickly explain the colors of hydrogen. So for those who have been reading news or doing webinars on hydrogen, you may have noticed there seems to be a lot of colors here. And unfortunately, there's no standard definition, but the colors really tie back to how the hydrogen is produced. So Green hydrogen, which is the one we'll talk about the most, is also referred to as renewable hydrogen because it's produced from renewable energy via electrolysis. Pink hydrogen is made from electrolysis using nuclear power. Blue hydrogen is made from natural gas coupled with carbon capture. Gray hydrogen is made from natural gas, steam, methane reforming. And brown hydrogen is made from coal gasification plus steam, methane reforming. So for the key findings that you asked about, Paul, really decarbonization is the main motivator we found for the growing interest in green hydrogen. Green hydrogen is viewed as this fuel that has the potential to decarbonize difficult to decarbonize sectors, such as transportation industry and electric sector. What we're seeing globally is this growing interest for developing hydrogen strategies and goals, putting money into research and development, the actual deployment of pilot projects, and infrastructure, and we're seeing public power involved in various aspects of what I would call the hydrogen value chain. Primarily, we found our members involved in three main areas. One is power to gas, so that's where you're producing hydrogen via renewable energy powered through electrolysis. We're also seeing our members interested in using hydrogen as a medium for long-duration energy storage, and we also found that several of our members are looking at generating electricity via combustion with hydrogen. And a couple of members are also providing hydrogen-related incentives. So public power is using hydrogen for their own uses, whether that be generation or storage, as I just mentioned. But we're also seeing our members specifically highlight that they're producing green hydrogen or other types of hydrogen so that other sectors like industry and transportation can decarbonize. So the hydrogen market is projected to grow both globally and nationally. The U.S. Department of Energy is predicting that by 2050, this could be a $750 billion per year revenue economy with 3.4 million jobs. The National Renewable Energy Laboratory is projecting a two to four times increase in hydrogen demand in the U.S. by 2050. So that would equate to roughly 1 to 14 percent of U.S. energy demand. The projections for when green hydrogen is going to become cost competitive really varies by organization and it's going to depend on a lot of other factors that go into the computations like policy support, other declining costs of renewable energy, electrolyzers, et cetera. But generally speaking, we're looking at the 2030 to 2050 timeframe. Great. That's a that's a great overview, Patricia. Um, thanks for, for providing that. Um, so you may you may have, have touched upon this to some degree, but um Can you elaborate in terms of of what's driving the uh, increasing interest in hydrogen? Yes, great question. So as I mentioned, decarbonization is really a big one. 
We're seeing a lot of stakeholders interested in combating climate change and looking for low to no carbon solutions for the future energy system. And so that momentum for decarbonization is there. And as I mentioned, there are these traditionally hard to decarbonize sectors like transportation, generation for electricity and manufacturing. And so hydrogen can be a solution there as well. And the other area is with storage. So battery technology has been taking off and something I know a lot of our members are looking at as well, but really we don't have a lot of very long-term seasonal types of storage available. So hydrogen could be a solution for that. And as we're looking at just increasing renewable energy and intermittent energy resources on the grid, that need for storage is increasing as well. On the technology side, mentioned green hydrogen is produced via electrolysis. We've seen dramatic cost decreases in this area. So in the past five years, electrolysis costs have come down about 40%. And another motivator for hydrogen, something that's interesting here, is we have natural gas infrastructure, of course, in this country, and you can start using hydrogen blends of up to 20% hydrogen with minimal modifications in the current infrastructure we have now. In terms of more nation or policy support, globally, there's definitely a lot of interest in hydrogen. Europe is probably the main area. Hydrogen is part of the European Commission's Green Deal. A 2019 report from the International Energy Energy Agency actually found at least 50 targets, policies, or mandates that support hydrogen globally. But actually, the majority of these policies are related to the transportation sector and zero emissions vehicles because that supports not just battery electric vehicles, but hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicles as well. Bringing it down a level to the United States, the Department of Energy has actually been working with hydrogen since the department was established in the 70s. And they have a hydrogen program and an initiative called H2 at Scale. There have been a series of announcements from DOE, especially in the past year or so, on partnerships, pilot programs, funding opportunities. But I'll note just one, that they've said they're going to invest up to $100 million over the next five years to support fuel cell development and electrolyzers for hydrogen production. At the state level, similar to what that International Energy Agency report found a lot of the hydrogen support is coming in the way of clean vehicle initiatives. And I also just wanted to note that here at APPA, we actually have a resolution on hydrogen. Earlier this year, our Legislative and Resolutions Committee adopted a hydrogen resolution that supports policies that promote research and development of hydrogen. Great. Um, and so now the report um, does detail the fact that there are challenges uh, facing hydrogen what are, what are some of those challenges? Yeah, so I think similar to other new technologies and fuels trying to take off, economics is a challenge. For it to be cost competitive, we're going to want to see decreases in the cost for the electrolyzers, the fuels themselves that are used to produce hydrogen, any other associated technologies as well. To do generation with hydrogen as a fuel source, we're also going to want to see more advancements in the turbine so we can use higher levels of hydrogen or pure hydrogen. This is being worked on right now. And then when you look at transport and storage, there's some challenges there too. As I mentioned, we can run a hydrogen blend with our natural gas infrastructure, but to get to those higher levels of hydrogen, we'd really need substantial upgrades and we don't have a robust hydrogen infrastructure network right now. There are also limitations on the storage side. One of the ways to store hydrogen is with salt caverns, but there are geographical limitations there. 
And then some of the other storage options are just cost prohibitive at this time. In the regulatory space, right now, there's not a lack of uniform codes and standards, so we'll probably see more activity moving forward from the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, Environmental Protection Agency, and the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration. And then a few other quick notes here. I was reading it in the DOE hydrogen report. It makes a lot of sense for this market to expand. We're also going to need a secure supply chain and a workforce to support this new market. And now the report, and you touch upon this uh, to some degree um, earlier, um, it, I want you to elaborate, if you could, on um, public power utility activities related to hydrogen. Can you offer some examples in terms of what public power utilities are doing? Absolutely. We highlight nine public power utilities and organizations in the report. And I'm going to provide just little highlights of each. I hope folks will actually go to the report itself to take a deeper dive. But I'll provide, like I said, little highlights of each. So starting off with the Douglas County Public Utility District, they're located out in Washington. And they announced that in 2019, they received a $1.9 million grant from the Centralia Coal Transition Board along with several other partners, to work on a hydrogen fueling station demonstration project. And that's going to be starting later this year. So what they're doing here is they're using a 5-megawatt electrolyzer powered by the excess hydropower that they have in their community to produce green hydrogen. And I also want to note that this project is benefiting from APPA support as well. They received a $125,000 grant from our very own APPA-D program, the Demonstration of Energy and Efficiency Developments Program. Also in the Pacific Northwest, Eugene Water and Electric Board in Oregon is working on a hydrogen project. In 2020, they announced a memorandum of understanding with several other partners on a hydrogen demonstration project. Here, what they're doing is, again, using electrolyzer, using the overabundance of clean energy they have in their community to produce green hydrogen. And they want this actually to be used ultimately for the heating and transportation space. They're also thinking of exploring the use of hydrogen for fuel cells for backup power. Moving to the Intermountain Power Agency in Utah, they have the Intermountain Power Project, IPP. So that's located in Utah and owned by the Intermountain Power Agency, but this project involves other public power utilities as well. So we have California Public Power Utilities, Utah Public Power Utilities, and it's the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power that has the highest percentage of generation entitlement shares. So what's happening at this site is that they're retiring two coal units totaling 1,800 megawatts. Then they're going to deploy 840 megawatts of natural gas, and that's going to come online by 2025. What they're planning to do here is, at startup, use a 30% green hydrogen fuel mix blend, but they want to get that up to 100% green hydrogen by 2045. And the site is interesting because it has a lot of interconnections with wind and solar, so a lot of green energy on site. And also, directly adjacent to the IPP is another project called the Advanced Clean Energy Storage Project, and that's going to be a hub for storage, looking at 1,000 megawatts of clean energy storage, including hydrogen storage using the salt caverns that they have available there. In Nebraska, the Nebraska Public Power District in 2020 announced that they received a grant from the Department of Energy at $9.4 million, along with several other partners to do research and development on a carbon-free fossil fuel-based hydrogen project. And so this one involves a hybrid coal and biomass plant using corn stover, and that's kicking off this year. 
The New York Power Authority in New York offered economic development incentives for a plug power project. So they're going to be investing plug power in $290 million in a green hydrogen production plant in the state. And they're going to be using hydropower from NYPA for their 120 megawatt electrolyzer. Back to California, the Northern California Power Agency, located, of course, in California, they used a deed grant of 48500 to research the feasibility of developing a green hydrogen production facility near their existing natural gas plant. So they were planning to upgrade the plant so that it can run a hydrogen blend. In Florida, the Orlando Utilities Commission received a grant of $4 million in 2019 for hydrogen production and utilization. So this project includes storage tanks, an electrolyzer, fuel cells, transformer, and fuel cell electric vehicles. And being in Florida, they're going to be using solar power to produce this green hydrogen. And that's going to be coming online this year. In California, the Sacramento Municipal Utility District is exploring a range of emerging technologies, and that includes hydrogen. And they're also currently looking at the idea of a pilot rate for heavy-duty vehicle hydrogen fueling. In Tacoma, Washington, the utility has been working with the Renewable Hydrogen Alliance and working with their local transit agency to introduce them to fuel cell electric transit buses and are exploring the idea of producing hydrogen for heavy-duty vehicles. But what they've been in the news a lot for is that they actually have the country's first pilot electric fuel rate, which came online in April 2021. So the idea here is that the producers have a lower rate than other industrial customers would have, and that's in exchange for curtailing their electric service for a minimum of 15% of hours in a year when they're called upon. Great. So um, based on everything you said, Patricia, you, you've no doubt piqued the interest of, of a lot of our listeners in terms of the report. Um, and, um, you know, you've obviously done a great, great job in terms of providing a lot of details on it. But um, if you're an APPA member utility, you don't have the report, how would you go about getting the report? Great question. It's a free report for our members that can be found at publicpower.org backslash topic backslash generation. Great. Well, thanks again so much for uh, taking the time to speak with us today, Patricia. Really appreciate it. Thanks again. Thanks for having me.